program, the last minute ring-in. Pastor's not doing too good tonight, so he's asked me if I'll step in and do a short devotion, so I will be quick tonight. He said, 15 minutes max. I went, yes, I'll go for 10. All right, let's take our Bibles. We're going to turn to Ephesians chapter 2. I'm going to give you something really simple tonight. Hopefully it'll be help to you, just get your thinking in the right direction. Ephesians 2, and I'm going to read just verse 19. Ephesians 2, verse 19, the Bible says, Now therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. I'm going to pray, and then we'll get into just a very quick thought. Lord, we thank you for um, those who have ventured out tonight. Thank you for our church and being able to meet freely and we do appreciate um, uh, we do appreciate our church and appreciate the brethren um, and our families. And we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Australia Day last year, I, I, I brought a simple message about the uh, about the family, and I want to just um, just revisit that just very briefly with a different sort of thought. Um, verse 19 talks about that we are of the household of God. Isn't it good that we have brothers and sisters in the Lord? I, I think that's a good thing. And I think you would agree that over the last two years, we as a, as a nation, as a church, have had to go through many changes. Um, the ongoing changes we've seen with COVID have certainly taken a toll on our society. If, if you imagine what life was like about two years ago, compared to what it has been over this year, things are, are a lot different for, for a lot of people. Um, for, here, for us here in Queensland, some of the changes because of COVID have been quite minimal compared to, to the southern states. Um, I, I guess this is one time I'm glad I'm a Queenslander. This is the only time <laughs> I'll say it's good to be a Queenslander is because we haven't had hardly any lockdowns and our life has changed, I guess, just very minimally. Um, I would dare say that that people in, especially in, in the southern states, have had to adapt to their new life, and and in some cases even survive this pandemic. Um, especially when people have lost their jobs, lost their homes, lost their freedoms, um, and I guess they should be very thankful that they have. Or the majority of them will have families that can help them through it. Um, the changes that, that have gone on with COVID, we would say that they're probably not always that good, okay, when people have lost so much. With that said, I consider the changes that we as a church have had to endure, uh, especially over this last year, that we never really fully expected to happen. The change in pastor became something that was, I guess, thrust upon us, I guess, like the virus, and has put most of us in, in unfamiliar territory. Some of us may have gone through a church where there's been a change of pastor, but for the majority, I would say this is quite new, and how to cope with that has been, uh, has been very unfamiliar. Um, in many ways, it has impacted our church greatly and left some maybe even in a poor state, 
just like the virus has for, uh, for our country, keeping maybe some people hurting and in need of a helping hand. And I, and I think about our church as a family and that is very important for that helping hand. I'm thankful for, for our new pastor and the way that, that God has used him, I guess, to steady the ship. I'm not sure about you, but I, I know over the last couple of months, uh, things have, for me, seems like things are stabilising a little bit. The horizon line seems to be set at the right position again, and there has been some momentum starting to build towards the right direction for our church. Our ministry market just this last weekend was a good example of people um, making some decisions to do more and be more effective for the Saviour. I think some people's roles are starting to change within the church. People taking on other responsibilities, new, um, um, new ministries, people getting involved in things that, that maybe they've never done before. Maybe people wanting to get involved in the evangelism where, where maybe they haven't, um, I guess, had the opportunities or maybe been nervous to reach out and do those sorts of things. Um, and there may be some nerves and even apprehensions about some of the ministries that we are wanting to get involved with. Um, and that even goes for me. I, I've, I've decided to put my name down for some ministries that I haven't done before. And it can be a little bit, oh, I wonder how I'm going to go with that. It can be a little bit nervous. Um, but it is good to see our church starting to look beyond, starting to, uh, starting to think ahead. But I do think of where we've come from and how we've just kind of changed course and we're heading in a good direction. And what I want to encourage you tonight as a church is I want you to think about how, because we are a family, as we're all of the household of God, how can we be a help to other people? How can we be a help to other people? I want you to think about it, uh, maybe men, when you've been at work and you've had a, maybe, a, maybe a challenging day or a hard day, isn't it good when you come home to the family that they can be an encouragement? They can be that tonic that you need to, um, to get, I guess, to get up and go ahead to the workplace again the next day. And that's what our local church should be for, for those Christians within, within this local church who may be struggling, who may be, uh, maybe not as quick to change that direction, maybe still struggling from some hurts or some things, and we need to be that family member who can actually help them. And I want to give you, a, and they will be very quick, four simple things. I'm going to use the, the letters of, of help and, um, and we're going to look at four very simple things. The first one is H. And what I want to encourage you is I want you to hold one another up. Hold one another up. Let's have a look in Exodus 17. Exodus 17. We're going to look at a couple of verses. We won't labour them because I, I, I don't want to keep you as long. I want you to, to get in to pray. Exodus 17. I'm going to start reading in verse 8. It says, Then came Amalek and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said unto Joshua, Choose us out men and go out and, uh, and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in mine hand. So Joshua did as Moses had said to him, 
and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And it came to pass when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy. And they took a stone and put it under him. And he sat thereon and Aaron and Hur stayed up his hands, the one on the right, the one on the one side and the other on the other side and his hands were steady until the going down of the sun and it says and Joshua discomfited Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. So here we have a, a passage you may have known about before and maybe you've read or maybe you've heard messages preached about it but in this particular passage we, we see that um, Moses has asked uh, Joshua to make ready and they're going to go out and fight and Moses is going to go up the top of a hill and Aaron and Hur are there and, and it comes to pass when Moses holds up his hands when the fighting starts, Israel, and they gain the advantage. But when his hands come down, Amalek, and they gain the advantage. So what Aaron and Hur do, they get on each side of him, they put a rock underneath him to give him some support, but his hands remain high and as they, when his arms get tired, one on each side, they actually hold up the hands and God can do what's needed. And I guess the things, as I was thinking about this this afternoon, um, they both stood alongside and they actually helped him. They didn't want to get the limelight. They didn't want to say, look, Moses, you're, you're failing at what you need to do. How about we do it for you? It wasn't that. Even though Moses may have felt like when his hands were getting tired, some of his people probably got killed. And maybe he got a little bit discouraged and thought, I've got to keep my hands up. But when the brethren came along and they stayed his hands, they got alongside him and they worked with him. He was still the one that had to hold his hands up, but it took others to come alongside, hold and help. And I want to encourage you that you can be that person for many people in this church. There are going to be people who are going to struggle making the, making the necessary changes to get in the right direction and to get in the momentum of the church who may feel like maybe they're getting left behind, maybe who are struggling in those new ministries that they've just signed up for and it might need someone to come alongside and say, you're doing well. You don't have to say, look, I'll do it for you, but you just need to be there for them to hold them up. And um, they didn't try to take over Moses' ministry and we don't need people to take over others. We just need them to, to be there and to hold up one another. The second thing is E, and that's exhort and encourage of one another. If there's ever going to be a time in history where, where Christians need to be exhorted, where Christians need to be encouraged, I think it's right now. This church, as we start to gain momentum... I'm not sure if you've noticed, but, but over the last few weeks, some of our numbers have increased. There's been a few more people on Sunday mornings. We've had a few more visitors. We, we, we've seen some increase, um, but we, we need to exhort and encourage. In Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 13, plainly tells us this. Hebrews 3 and verse 13. It says, but exhort one another daily. Whenever you see the brethren, be, be an encouragement. Maybe be that word or blessing to them. 
while it is called today, don't think, oh, I'll see him oh, um, when we see each other. Don't think, oh, I'll encourage him another day. Do it today. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Because you think about it, we don't know what each of us are going through on any given day. We may look good on the outside, or we may look like we've got it all together, but deep on the inside there could be some things going on, whether it is sin, whether it's discouragement, whether it's troubles, whether it's uh, whatever it is, sometimes just that word of encouragement can be the greatest source of blessing, can be the, can be the very thing that you need on that day. And it may be just someone just saying, hi, how are you? Are you okay? It can be anything. It, it can be those things, somebody paying attention. So I want to encourage you to not only hold one another up, but exhort and encourage. Then I want you to think of L, and that is love one another. Love one another. As Christians, we're supposed to love. I'm supposed to love you. You're supposed to love me. And, and that's how God wants it to be. Let's have a look at 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 8. Why is it good to love one another? When we start to love one another as the way Christ loves people, if we start to think, of, instead of just ourselves, but we start to think of other people and show genuine Christian love, this verse here ring, rings true for me. It says, And above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves, or have fervent love among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. You know what's really easy in a church that is trying to get on top of things and trying to make um, the right decisions for Christ and we want to grow? Things can happen and if we don't show love, little things can come in and cause unforgiveness. Sins can come in and those little things can cause the biggest problems in our lives. Somebody's made a decision that we didn't like. Someone's treated me, I think, unfairly. And if we don't love, we won't forgive. When, but if we do love, as Christ loves, we can certainly start to look past those things that often are just very small, or often really have no significance of themselves, but to the person that doesn't love, can blow up to an, an enormous thing and can cause great heartache and great problems. So love is one of those things, that, and again, I'm just being very brief to just some thoughts of the verses that I thought about this afternoon. Love one another. Aren't you glad that Christ loved us first? Aren't you glad that, that he didn't let, I guess, the sin of the world stop him from going to the cross? Could have quite easily said, look, this is ridiculous. Why, why would I want to go and die for these people when they don't even care about God? That's how we were born. We were born in sin. We didn't, we didn't naturally care about God. And yet Jesus, because of his love, covered a multitude of sins, has cleansed and forgiven sin. So let's learn as best we can to love one another. And then P, what, what do you reckon P is? Sorry? Persevere. Persevere, we could do that. There's another short word with... 
Somebody said pray, Charles. Pray, pray one for another. Pray for one another. And I guess that's why we're actually here tonight, that we may pray for each other. First Peter, sorry, James chapter 5 and verse 16. I'm, I'm sure you all know this particular verse. James chapter 5, verse 16. Confess your faults one to another. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another. The Bible's pretty clear. That you may be healed, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And I'm, I'm not expecting everyone to stand up and say, this is my fault, I've got this fault, um, we'd be here all night. You wouldn't even get a chance because I'd just be reading a whole newspaper worth for me. But we need to pray one for another. And uh, if you don't know what to pray for me, just ask God to um, just work in my life in the way that he knows best. And I may not know everything about you and, and what you're going through, but I can pray for you. I can ask God to do what's needed in your life to make you the person that he wants you to be. And it can be allowing you to go through things, it can be helping you with things, it can be helping you with family, with, with finances, whatever it is, God can meet that need. And I believe with all my heart that, that God will answer prayer according to his will. So, family, let me encourage you to be a help to your brothers and sisters by firstly holding one another up, secondly exhorting and encouraging them, thirdly loving them so we can look past their faults and their sins and then pray one for another because the Bible tells us that we're supposed to do that, that we should do that and uh, I hope that's a help and a blessing to you today. Jewel.